Hello, and welcome to Exploring the Bible. I am your host, Ashton Harbison, and today we are talking about the Twelve Apostles of Jesus Christ, specifically James, the son of Alphaeus, Nabaeus, surnamed Thaddeus, and Simon, the Canaanite. Now, today's subjects are very interesting, especially because two of the three share names with two other apostles. Uh, James, as a matter of fact, there are a total of three people named James in the New Testament. That would be James, son of Zebedee, which is also an apostle, and James, the brother of Jesus. Now, this James is distinguished by his father's name, James, the son of Alphaeus. Uh, But he's also called James the Less in Mark chapter 15, verse 40 where it says, There were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James the Less, and of Joseph and Salome. Now, Less here probably implies uh, being smaller or younger, but it can also imply being less important. Because, other than being listed as an apostle in all four lists, there is no other mention of James, son of Alphaeus, in the Bible. Now, because of the passage in Mark chapter 2, verse 14, where it says, And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Many people believe that James, son of Alphaeus, and Matthew, the apostle, are also brothers. However, this can be refuted by the fact that in all, in all of the lists of apostles, those that are brothers are always paired together. Andrew and Simon Peter and James, son of Zebedee and John, you know, so on and so forth. Whenever the siblings appear in the lists of apostles, they are paired together. But but James, son of Alphaeus and, and Matthew, or, or here called Levi, are never linked together at all in Scripture. Um, and also, some scholars believe that, that James, son of Alphaeus, his, his father Alphaeus, is also Clopas, who is the husband of Mary in John chapter 19, verse 25, where it says... Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. So this would make James the cousin of Jesus. But, again, there is no definitive proof in Scripture of this. This is, this is uh, common held belief by scholars. Um, but... Uh, other than that, there is no defining 
traits of, of James, son of Alpheus, in the Bible. There's no, uh... There's, there's no tracking of his life. There's nothing else except for his listing in the calling of the apostles. Now, tradition and, and, and common belief holds that, that James took the gospel to Persia and, and, and was martyred there. Um, now, unfortunately for... For the apostles, all of them except for John, they were all martyred for their belief um, in Jesus. Uh, but it's, this is actually... Martyr, their martyrdom is a very good testimony to the growth of the apostles, I will say this. Because throughout the ministry of Jesus, these apostles continue to fail in their walk with God, and they continue to, to not understand the message that Jesus laid out, and, and they, they continue to ask foolish questions of Jesus, um, all the way up until his death, where they scattered, and, and even, uh, most of them returned to their, their, their prior occupations that they had before Jesus called them, for, for a little bit, um, but then, when Jesus rose from the grave and he showed himself to the apostles and he was with them for 40 days, after this, there was a dramatic change in all of the apostles, particularly the ones that we read about in Scripture, but, but we can see that in all of the apostles because, because after Pentecost, where Jesus spent time teaching them, they scattered abroad and they spread the gospel as far and wide as they could all the way up until their deaths and as for John, their, their exile. Um, but all we know about James, son of Alphaeus, is honestly that, <laughs> that his father was Alphaeus and that he was an apostle. Uh, so... Uh, we're going to move on to Labaius, who is surnamed Thaddeus. And we don't know much more about him than, than what we know about James, son of Alpheus. Um, what we do know that Labaius is also known as Judas, son of James, and Judas, not Iscariot. Uh, he is called Judas, son of James in the book of Luke, in Luke 6, chapter, or verse 16, it says, And Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. So you see, uh, he also shared a name with Judas the traitor. Uh, but it, it's made known in both Luke and John that there, there is a difference between Labaius and Judas Iscariot, Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. Now, the reason for this is because Judas was a very popular name at this time in Jewish culture. 
Um, and it actually, it actually means Jehovah leads. Uh, but it, uh, you're probably asking yourself, well, where do Lebeus and Thaddeus come from if he's the son of James, I mean, I'm sorry, the brother of James, and, uh, and Lebeus and Thaddeus are nowhere in his, his parental lineage, uh, where, where many people got their name from at this time. Uh, it's believed that Lebeus and Thaddeus are, are, are nicknames for him. Uh, Lebeus actually means heart child, and Thaddeus means breast child. Now, these are probably terms of endearment to Judas, uh, given to him by family members at a young age. Uh, and they most likely indicate a gentle soul or a tender heart. Uh, and, you know, this is very important for... for an apostle of Jesus Christ to be known as... Uh, as... as gentle or, or with a tender heart. Particularly knowing that Simon Peter... Can, Many times in scripture we called the opposite. Um, he was very um, aggressive and he was very confrontational many, many times. Uh, so you see, Jesus was not afraid to call polar opposite people to him. Uh, and this also tells us that although Every one of us share a common cause in spreading the gospel and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. So many of us differ in so many ways. Every one of us can spread the gospel in, in, in our own way. And, you know, we, we all have different temperaments and we're all surrounded by different people throughout the day and even the, the apostles of Jesus Christ show us that not everybody will witness the same not everybody thinks the same even though we share a very common cause in the spreading of the good news of Jesus Christ Every one of us do that in a very, very different way. But just because we are different from one another, and just because we differ in our methods of spreading the gospel, does not mean that we are always wrong. Now, Lebeus' words, only recorded words in the Bible are in John chapter 14. Uh, and this is when they are at the Last Supper with Jesus Christ. And Jesus is actually telling the apostles once again about his impending death um, and resurrection. But he comforts them in this sermon from that little term 
by telling them that, that the Holy Spirit will come and reside in them and uh, and, and that's how they will have a connection with God, and that's how um, everybody after them will have a connection with God. Um, as a matter of fact, we go to John chapter 14, verse 19, and it says, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day, Ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Now that was Jesus speaking. Uh, but we continue on in verse 22, and, and Judas interrupts him and says, Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Now, first of all, this, this hones in on a perfect point about the apostles. Um, the apostles were really, really good at, at pulling one thing that Jesus said and and writing on that one thing and being confused on that one thing and not looking at the whole picture and not understanding the whole picture because they're so zeroed in on this one statement that Jesus made, this one, one thing that he said. And here it is that uh, I will manifest myself unto him, or, I'm sorry, yes, um, but here it is that Judas, Judas is asking why, uh, Jesus is going to manifest himself unto them and not the world, and this actually reveals a few things about Judas. And not Iscariot, and he, it, number one, it reveals that, that he was comfortable enough with Jesus to interrupt him while he's speaking. You know, now keep in mind that Jesus here is in the role of, of a teacher or a rabbi, and in this time and age, it was very important to show respect and, and to, to not interrupt her the teacher while he's speaking or while he's teaching, but the apostles were, were comfortable enough with Jesus Christ while even while that while he was teaching, while he was giving uh, a, a lesson to them and while he was giving telling them this very important information about what was going to happen after his death. But he was so comfortable that he he can interrupt Jesus while he's speaking about this so important thing. All right, and secondly, it 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 tells us he wants to know why Jesus would treat the disciples differently from the world. Now, that is very important to remember because to receive the Holy Ghost in you. You have to accept 
Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you have to know that he came to this world and he died for you. Now when you accept this, this and you ask for forgiveness and he comes into your heart and the Holy Spirit resides in you, this in essence is God manifesting himself in you and this sets you apart immediately from the rest of the world. You know, and this is another example of why or or of where the apostles don't understand what Jesus is telling them. But when the Holy Spirit comes to reside in you, you become set apart from the world. Now, you are supposed to be 100% different from the world from this point on in your life um, and your, your walk with God. And it's this very difference that will differentiate us from the world. Because we, as Christians, should have our light, I mean, I'm sorry, the light of Jesus Christ shining through us so that the world can see. The world is supposed to know that you are a Christian. You are a follower of Christ. You know, you have the Holy Spirit residing in you. You know, and and thirdly, this is telling us something about Judas. It's telling us that he was expecting the Messiah that would reveal himself in power to the world. You know, many, many Christians, I mean, I'm sorry, many, many Jews of the world... I'm sorry. Many, many Jews at this time were expecting a Messiah that would come in and would overthrow the Roman rule and free them from oppression and and bring about this glorious reign where they would not have to, to follow other powers in the world. But this was not the purpose of Jesus Christ. Jesus will return someday as a conqueror, but this was not that time. Jesus Christ came to this world to be the propitiation of our sins. He is not, he did not come as a conqueror at this time. And we continue reading in, in verse 23, it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth, loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. And you see, if you love Jesus, you will, by your nature, follow his commandments. And by that, Jesus, by his own words here, Jesus and, and God the Father will, will come unto you 
and make her their their abode in you. The Holy Spirit will reside in you. You know, it's so easy for people of the world, for the unsaved, for the lost, to not follow follow the Bible because they do not have the Holy Spirit in them. It's so easy for them to not follow God's word. You know, and I'm sad to say, but it's so easy for, for many so-called Christians to not follow the word of God. You know, and there are many Christians that need to search out their salvation. They need to, to search their own hearts. Because if you love Jesus, if you are truly saved, you will desire to follow his commandments. You will desire to get into your Bible and read your Bible daily. And you will desire to follow him in every aspect of your life. And this is what Jesus is stressing to his apostles right now. Uh, but after this, the apostle Lebeus is not mentioned again in scripture. But he did take the gospel north after Pentecostal. And he performed miracles and he preached in the name of Jesus. And he even found a church in Odessa, which is located in modern-day Turkey. Now, there are two beliefs for his death. He was either clubbed or axed to death, or he was crucified. It's not entirely certain which method he died, but it is certain that he he was martyred for his belief, just like all the others except for John. Uh, now we continue on to our final apostle for the day, which is Simon the Canaanite. Now, there are, as I said other earlier, um, Simon also shares a name with another apostle, Simon Peter. Uh, and as a matter of fact, there are seven other, I mean, there are a total of seven Simons in the New Testament. But this Simon is, is singled out by the title the Canaanite or Simon the Zealot. Um, now, Canaanite here is a political term and not a reference to a birthplace. Um, but Simon, uh, who is also known as Simon the Zealot, was a known member of uh, the Zealots, which, which was a, a Jewish party who was completely determined to see a, a Jewish rebellion against Rome and to establish a Mosaic theocracy. And they were not above um, very violent acts, not only against Roman soldiers, but 
against um, even Jewish sympathizers with Rome. Um, as a matter of fact, this is why it's very interesting that Simon the Zealot and Matthew the Publican were both apostles because Matthew the Publican was a tax collector, and we're going to get more into him next week, but just to dabble a little bit right now, tax collectors of this time were very, very hated because they took money from their own people, from the Jews, and they gave it to the Romans, who then used that money to fund their occupation of Israel. So, so honestly, to put it bluntly, the Jewish people were paying for for the, the Roman occupation in their own land, and this was all done through the publicans or through the tax collectors. And while many of them were vile and evil and, and, and very corrupt sinners, uh, Matthew was not quite like that. And like I said, we'll get more into him next week. But it's just very interesting to see another pair of polar opposites, this time political polar opposites, in the apostleship of Jesus Christ. I mean, and it, it, again, it just goes to show that Jesus is not afraid to call anybody that he desires to his work. You know, whether it be the lowliest sinner or the most zealous, politically affiliated person, he is not afraid to call anybody to the work. Uh, it, and that's just a very interesting aspect to see in in the twelve apostles of Jesus is the, these two, especially these two polar opposites, because I just can't imagine the conversations that were most likely had between Simon the Zealot and Matthew the Publican. Um, now in the Bible there are no uh, conversations between these two, and they're, they're, they're hardly ever linked together, I don't think. Um, but it's just so interesting to know the people that Jesus called and does call to his ministry. Now, while Simon was part of the, a member of, of this political party, um, he must have changed his priorities because the teachings of Jesus did not coincide with the beliefs of the zealots. Uh, matter of fact, one of his teachings in Matthew chapter 22, verse 21, it says... They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar 
the same which are Caesar's, and unto God the same that are God's. And again, in John chapter 18, verse 36, it says, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. So you see, Jesus is very, very different from this this very violent political party. Like I said, they they are they are prone to to ambushing, to attacking Roman soldiers and, and even even their own people who they believe have betrayed them and killing them outright. But Jesus is telling his people that that our ways are not violent. You know, and you see throughout history man has used the word of God for evil. And this is where most of the world hates us is because they believe that the teachings of God push us to persecute them and kill them when they don't. You know, the Bible tells us to to take the dust off our feet if they refuse our witness. You know, and throughout history, Christians, or so-called Christians, have used the word of God to persecute and to torture and to kill others for not converting to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, when I tell you who are listening, if you are a believer in Christ and you you are a Christian and, and you do witness to other people, do as the Bible tells us. If somebody refuses to acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Lord, that does not give us the right to judge them or to persecute them or to hate them. It does not. Our job as Christians is to plant the seed of salvation. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to convict them. It is not our job to push them to salvation. Plant the seed, and if they rebuke you and they push you away, shake the dust off of your feet. Do not persecute or hate anybody. Because if you immediately take that rebuking and begin to hate those people and persecute them and, and, and tell them how evil they are and they're going to hell and, and, and all these other things, or even 
getting as violent as as prisoners have in the past, then you will push them further away from the gospel. You are not pulling them to the love of Jesus by doing these things. Now, is it sad when somebody does not accept Jesus? Yes. But, is it also possible for that seed that you planted to grow and for that person to come to know Jesus at some point? Yes, it is. And so, this is all very interesting to see Simon the Zealot following Jesus Christ because of his personal beliefs before the calling. Now, Simon the Zealot went on to preach in in Persia and ended up being killed for not sacrificing to the sun god there. So, these are the three apostles that we have discussed today. And just like last week, other than their naming in the the four lists of apostles, there are no other mentions, or in the case of Lebeus, there's only one other mention in the entire Bible. While this could be frustrating for modern-day believers trying to study and trying to learn as much as we can, these apostles can actually be a great lesson to us. And they could be an encouragement to those of us called to lives of obscurity. Because our callings are just as pure, just as God-honoring, but few will ever know our names on earth. You know, there are many, many preachers and and ministers throughout history. You know, Billy Graham and and Franklin Graham and their whole family and, and John MacArthur are all great examples of these. You know, in no way do I believe that my name will ever be as well known as these men. But, their ministry of Jesus Christ is no greater than my own or even your own. Just because they are so well known does not put them on a pedestal. You know, some of us toil and and, and work for decades and and years and years and years. And and some of other ones serve quietly in your homes or neighborhoods and and you you die and barely anybody knows you, you know? 
But I'm telling you this now. That God knows you. God knows the work you have faithfully done. And these apostles remind us that God uses a different set of standards to choose his witnesses, his ministers, his teachers. Now these men here are showing us, as we're learning about them, that not everybody teaches the same, not everybody learns the same, not everybody goes the same direction, not everybody comes from the same political background. Now these men are, are great examples of all of this. And so, I leave you with this. If you are feeling discouraged because you don't think that, that your words are touching anybody, and you don't think that you are explaining the gospel good enough, and you don't think that you are anywhere near as good as, as these men, or some of the men or women that, that have done great and wonderful works in the name of the Lord. These very men are showing us that your work, if done in faith, and if done for the Lord completely and entirely, is valid. You know, these men aren't nearly well, as well known as, as Peter and, 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 and John and Matthew and, and even Downing Thomas is more well known than these men. You know, but, but even still, these were leaders of the early church right beside all of those other men. And we just need to remember that it's the Holy Spirit working through us. And God Almighty has formed a puzzle out of all of us. And each and every one of us fit in that puzzle exactly where he wants us. So join us next week as we speak about Thomas and Matthew the Publican. I hope you have a wonderful week and God bless you all.